0: Navy
3: Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at six PM Eastern, three PM Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: Monday Night Football: The Steelers beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers thirty to twenty-seven last night.
2: And what we love to do, Jonas, is find a story that isn't as obvious and to me the obvious story in this Monday night game a very important win for the Steelers. A lot of turmoil, discombobulation as Mr. T would say, gibbering and jabbering but lo and behold they all come together, the Steelers. Like they tend to. I'm a fan of the Steelers and when their back's against the wall, they get that win. And I bet the Steelers for and against them a lot, and my record's probably better with Pittsburgh than any other team. So I do generally agree when their back's against the wall, Pittsburgh plays really well. And, Fez, you right here on the show had him yesterday as your pick, and it won. You cashed. But I'm going to make the case it's not as obvious as it seems, that maybe that's not the story. First off, turnovers. Now, here's what you need to know in the NFL. The turnovers really dictate a game. Pittsburgh was plus three, net margin. Last 30 years in the NFL, if you're plus three in turnovers, you win the game 90% of the time. You cover the game 89% of the time. Okay. But by most accounts, and stats guys will differ, 75-80% 75-80% of turnovers are luck. Now, you might say, what do you mean? Intercepting the ball is a lot of luck. That whole story that you hear on Typical Talk Radio about, oh, this team has a, a ball-hawking defense. Uh, the stats say not really because year after year, there's not a correlation. You would expect a ball-hawking defense to be ball-hawking next year. But they, the, the stats say they're not. They they are occasionally, but not enough to really statistically be correlated. Fumble, same thing. Now, one thing isn't luck with interceptions, and that's throwing them, right? Brady throws less interceptions than Kaiser. We know that. Kaiser so-so. We know that. That's why we don't say they're all luck turnovers, but they're mostly luck. Steelers, very lucky, plus three they should have won 90% of the time. The fact they won in a close game at the end, okay, a little cause for concern. Maybe the scoreboard isn't telling the whole story. Outgained, Pittsburgh was outgained in this game. Tampa Bay had more yards. Okay, something else to be concerned about. Also, what's the narrative? Colin Cowherd's always talking about Mike Tomlin and the team is not buttoned up, to use his phrase. I think he, there's some truth to that. 155 yards of penalties on the Steelers. Eh, maybe that's just one game, RJ. Okay. If you extrapolate out the current pace of the Steelers' penalty, penalties, the number of them, they'd have 197 at the end of the year. That would be the most in NFL History. The Pittsburgh Steelers are on pace to have the most penalties in NFL history. You would think this game that supposedly there's all this focus in that, oh, our back's against the wall. We have zero wins. We can't go into week four with zero wins. You think it would increase the discipline? 155 yards of penalties. This Steelers team, if we use penalties as a proxy for discipline, which I think is a very valid case, Man, still problems discipline-wise. Yes, absolutely. And, Fez, you were talking about the idea that the way the Steelers played in the second half also speaks to, hey, if their backs aren't totally against the wall, even at halftime, this team drops off.
4: Exactly. They go into halftime. They're up 30-10. to They need the game like blood, RJ. What do they do in the second half? They basically go through the motions, barely hang on, and only win by three.
2: So, to me – I think the Vegas perspective here is in the standings, they get a win. But when it comes to how good the Steelers are, Fez, you are the guru when it comes to your power ratings. What have you done with the Steelers? Did you, how much did you upgrade the Steelers?
4: I did not upgrade them. I left them flat.
2: So what you're saying is you think the Steelers are as good now as you did 24 hours ago. No upgrade. Correct.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
0: The trade rumors involving Le'Veon Bell. A couple of teams have been out there, been reportedly reaching out to the Steelers, having discussions, one of them being the New York Jets. But as of right now, Le'Veon Bell is still a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers.
2: Yeah, the online sports books love props like this. Proposition bets, props. And it gives you an idea what the betting market thinks. And this might surprise a lot of people. Right now, Bell is a favorite to be with the Steelers come post-trade deadline in November. Minus 220 that he doesn't get traded, plus 155 that he does. You do the math, it's a little over 60% chance. Based on the betting odds, Le'Veon Bell is playing with the Steelers later this year. Now, if he is traded, these are the teams that are the favorites to get him. You mentioned Jonas Jets, and then we've got the Colts, the Browns, and the Texans. Now, the question is, is a one-year rental or like Khalil Mack, would that trade be a precursor to a signing? Though, if I'm not mistaken, Jonas, I'm not sure if you know this. I don't for sure. I think because he's on the tag, they can't sign him during the season even if he gets traded. Is that correct? Yeah,
0: I think there has to be sort of a silent agreement. Hey, uh, you're kind of a Paul George type. Hey, you know, let's let's try and make this work, and then hopefully you like it here enough to want to be but here with long Mac,
2: term. with Mac, they were allowed to sign him, which made the, there was less risk tr- uh, for the Bears in acquiring Mac because they could close the deal.
0: Right, right? And, and I think they had a discussion about the contract before the contract was signed. We'll get this done, you know, and then we'll make this happen as soon as the trade is, is pulled off.
2: All right, so Fez, we quantify by points per game. Right now, given the givens, right, Steelers have looked a certain way, obviously very good on offense. Bell, uh, it seems like his emotional connection to his teammates in Pittsburgh is uh, tenuous. How much do you, if Le'Veon, Bell, return to the Steelers, how much do you upgrade Pittsburgh?
4: Upgrade them by one point per game.
2: Okay, now, a lot of listeners are thinking, that's not a lot. Well, compared to quarterbacks, it's not a lot. But there's only about five or so non-quarterbacks in the NFL that are worth more than a point. So on one hand, only a point for Le'Veon Bell. On the other hand, he there's only five or so non-quarterbacks worth more. Bell's in that group of what? Six or seven—that's worth about a point, Fez? Exactly.
0: Hey, let me ask you guys this, and just from a fan's perspective. And this might be conspiracy theory and whatnot, but the teams listed as a possibility, de- a possible destination for Le'Veon Bell that Pittsburgh would trade him to—the one that doesn't make any sense to me—is the Cleveland Browns. Why would they trade him inside the division? Do you think there's anything to? Browns fans are so excited about the team. They're buying Baker Mayfield jerseys at record pace. Uh, they're drinking free Bud Lights. They finally won a game. Do you think, do sports books, do people put teams on there just to try and incite? Uh, sort of the fan appeal, like, oh, he's, he's considered a favorite, even though he's maybe not even a real uh, likely idea of him going to Cleveland, but that they do that to try and initiate fans who are really excited about their team's prospects to try and bet on their yeah, favorite so team.
2: I, I think you're making a good point, which is the following. Vegas is about public perception. That said, public perception and the truth aren't often that far off because it is like a vote as in some drunk fans maybe drinking those free beers, Jonas, might bet the Browns, but the, wise, the the sports books don't really take those bets all that seriously.
3: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
2: Every Tuesday, we're very fortunate at the bottom of the hour, 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific, To have Michael Lombardi, he's an NFL writer for The Athletic. Listen, year after year, seemingly, the Patriots start slow, and you are the first guy I heard say, hey, they look at September, the Pats do, like an extended preseason. Don't overreact early. We can all remember the Kansas City game on Monday night, and year after year, the Patriots turn it around. For the first time, Michael, you have your doubts.
5: You know, I do. I think. I think this. I think you know they've lost a third of their offense. You know, when when we talked about uh, when you go back to fourteen, it was a different circumstance. There were a lot of different players on that team that were starting to come into play and hadn't really worked together. And Tom was struggling with the pre with with the month of September and the Kansas C loss. This year, there's a lot of moving parts. I mean, first of all, you lose Danny Amadola, That's 61 catches. You lose Brandon Cooks, that's 65 catches. You lose Deion Lewis, that's 900 yards. That, and between the three of them, they touch the ball, which amounts to 33% of the offense. They don't have that. They're missing that. Now, they'll get that back when Edelman comes back. He replaces Amadola. Perhaps Josh Gordon can replace Brandon Cooks if he can stay on the field. Certainly, if he's the 2013 Josh Gordon, he could. And then they don't have anybody right now to replace Deion Lewis who – You know, to some people on the outside, might have been, well, he was an accessory to the offense. No, he was their driving force to their offense. 900 yards, could catch the ball, could take a swing pass out of the backfield and turn it into a 15-yard gain, something that Sonny Michelle didn't do the other night against Detroit. So I think that's the concern right there. Do I think they'll eventually get it turned around? Yeah, but this team has always been driven by their offense. They're not driven by their defense. And so the defense hasn't really been able to keep them in the game. They got that score to 13 to 10. The defense gave up a touchdown. They like to play from in front, not from behind.
0: He is Michael Lombardi. He covers the NFL for the athletic joining us here on straight out of Vegas here, Fox sports radio, Michael, outside of injury. And we know the, the big one for San Francisco, which team's quarterback situation concerns you the most?
5: I think San Francisco, look, I, this summer on Jam Street, my podcast, I thought, we talked about the backup quarterbacks, why somebody wasn't trading for Bridgewater. And there's such, like, if Dak Prescott gets hurt, you know, they could be competing for the first pick in the draft, the Cowboys. And we use Jimmy Garoppolo as an example because he's not been able to stay healthy throughout his career. And unfortunately, he got hurt. And C.J. Beathard's coming in. And that 49er roster is not very talented. I mean, the 49ers have three number one picks in their defensive line that neither of them make an impact on the opposing quarterbacks, and teams go up and down the field on them in every single game. The Lions did, the Chiefs did, and certainly Minnesota did, and Minnesota's one of the worst-scoring teams in the NFL, and they moved the ball on them. So it's fascinating. I think the 49ers are in, in trouble with that quarterback situation as Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt and tries to move forward. I think they could easily be a team that's picking the first pick overall in the draft.
0: Is there another team out there not dealing with an injury at quarterback, but the performance thus far has you concerned?
5: Well, look, I, I call Blake Bortles the great equalizer, and I think is there ever a point that he's the great equalizer <laughs> that he scores, he scores six points against the Tennessee Titans? And if you watch the game, if you study the tape, they made no pad plays in the passing game over 15 yards. If any quarterback, if Matthew Stafford's playing in Jacksonville, they're the best team in the AFC by far. You know, it, to me, he's the great equalizer. He can't make throws. He did it against the Patriots because the Patriots let him get out of the pocket. When he can't make plays with his feet, he can't make plays with his arm. He worries me. I don't see it with him. I really don't. And then, of course, look, I don't know where it's going to happen in Arizona with Josh Rosen, but Arizona can't score. Their design is horrible on offense. You know, they should have beaten the Bears the other night if they could have just done anything in the second half offensively, and they couldn't. I don't know where Josh Rosen is going to end up, but I think that's a tough spot for him.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: Now, Fez, you won two super contests. And what's that? That's like the World Series of poker, of sports batting. Only guy ever, ever to win it twice. In all the five boroughs,
1: I'm known. I'm known all over the world.
2: <laughs> but I think what you're even better at. And NFL sides, very good, is predicting line moves. For like four years, this is the fourth year, up at pregame.com, when do you post your line move predictions? Thursday. On Thursday, you say these are five games, they're moving this way. Now, why does that matter, guys? Because if you're going to bet the team that line is going to get better on, you wait. If you're going to bet the team the line is going to get worse on, you bet now. Think about it. And in the games that there has been a move, you've been right over 70 Percent of the time. So, this is a game. The Bengals, right now, five and a half point underdogs at Atlanta. You have an early best bet on the Bengals. So, let's break this down in two ways. One, why do you like the Bengals? And then we'll get to why do you expect the line to get worse? For the Bengals,
4: I like the Bengals because I really am down on the Atlanta Falcons. Key injuries on the defense, down two starters, including their starting safety. Now, another safety
2: is out. Cluster injuries at safety. So, let's quickly say what's cluster injuries? It means multiple injuries at the same position. Oftentimes, there's not big names in there, but you're not going from first string to second string. You're going from first string, maybe to third, or maybe even off the practice squad. The market doesn't usually account for that properly. But in this case, especially on defense, there's some real value going against Atlanta. And oh, by the way, the Saints, who played Atlanta last week, the wise guys bet the heck out of them on Sunday. Why do you think the line moves? For the
4: same reason that the Saints game, the syndicates, the biggest bettors out there, waited until Sunday because they wanted to get down so much against the Falcons last week. I think they're going to do the same this
2: week. Now, we've talked about syndicates. These are organizations, these are companies. Fezzik, he's typically not betting more than five or 10,000 on a game. Now, listen, it's a lot of money. These syndicates, they might bet 200,000 on a game. Now, here's some limits to think about if you're in Vegas or if you're betting at the biggest books online. If you bet on Sunday, let's say, overnight, you might be able to get down a couple thousand dollars, let's say. On Monday, so the day after the game, six days ahead, you can get down maybe 5000 That's a lot. On Thursday, the limits go up again, typically, 20000 On game day you can bet about $100,000. Now, if you're a syndicate and you're going to bet a couple hundred thousand, you're not going to be betting overnight. You're going to be betting either on Thursday or you're going to be betting on game day. So what we're going to do here every Tuesday on Straight Out of Vegas is give you an early best bet. It is from Fezzik. It is the Bengals, plus five and a half. And if you like it, look to play it now because we expect the lines to move.